in this episode of What Say You? I would be very surprised if any of those groups, whether they're Tanzanians, Kenyans, uh, Zimbabweans, or Ghanaians, have a beef with African Americans. I would agree that they probably don't understand them well enough and know who they are as well as they should. I don't think we know each other as well as we should. I don't think there's enough time and energy which has been spent on educating ourselves and educating our children and our communities on who African Americans really are and the extent to which they really are part of us. Channel 253 is supported by Microsoft. Microsoft is committed to civic conversations like those on Channel 253 that inform and empower Washington communities. To learn more, visit aka.ms slash Microsoft in Washington. What say you? Real sisters. Real talk. What say you? down-to-earth conversations between sisters about life, work, family, and the pursuit of an anti-racist community. Hi, I'm Audrey. And I'm Melanie. What What say say you? Hello, Hello, happy new year. The What Say You podcast family is here. This is our first episode of the year. And yes, Sister Audrey Louise, how are you? I am well. Happy 2022. That's right, 2022 we are. Okay, now your energy sounded a teeny bit low. Is it because we're doing a morning thing or like what? Am, am, I, am I just projecting on you expecting me to be all happy because it's nighttime here in Ghana where I'm at or like, bro, hey. I believe that my energy is low and it is now like right at noon. Pacific time. Uh, but I don't think that I think I'm out of that. I'm not a morning person thing. What I'm what I believe is the difference in our energy is that you are in Ghana and I'm in the United States of America. Let's just keep that clear. Okay, girl. Phew. And I know that. And listeners, let's just talk about that. Welcome to our first show of the year. And if you go to the last show of the year when we talked to Carmen Best and the our uh, Seattle police chief and the opening says, I am counting nine days down till I'm going to Africa. Well, I'm here, right? And I have gladly gone back to Africa, all right? And so I'm so happy to um, introduce our listeners to some beautiful people that we that I have discovered while I'm in country, right? And and sister, let me say in country, because you know why? Because people think Africa is just one place. Yes. Yes. Go back to Africa. Okay, well, which country? Where you want us to go? You know it's a continent. Oh, my bad. No, you don't know. Um, and the, yeah, and that part. Because I even, I mean, on national networks, they speak of Africa as just one place. Like, it's a country, like, you know, you know what I'm saying? And I just want to say, I'm in Ghana, you know, and I'm in West Africa. And we need to speak on that. 
And I've been exploring, you know how I do, you call me for rest the dump. Can we tell the uh, listeners what that means? Well, yes, I call you for rest the dump and it is a take on the movie Forrest Gump with Tom Hanks where he found himself um, in situations that, very remarkable situations where most people never found themselves and it wasn't intentional. It just happened to him. And that speaks to you your whole life. You have found yourself in situations. And when I say situations, when you are meeting Sidney Poitier. When, yes, you understand? When you, when you met, didn't you meet Hillary Clinton? Yes. And when I'm calling you, girl, like, girl, this is what happened right now. Girl, Sydney Poitier is right here, girl. I'm finna go up. And you're like, go for us to go. You know, go, girl, go for yes. 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 So and, and I feel that way about my experience in Ghana right now. Because for New Year's, you know, I said, I'm going to be on the ocean. I'm going to be up, right? Didn't I say that? You did. I'm going to be did. on the ocean for New Year's Eve. And then I was staying at the Elmina Bay Resort. Okay. Oh, and then I was, me. I showed everybody, right? I was sending the pictures and stuff like that. But the bottom line is the owner and the first lady of the owner. That's who I really fell in love with. Mm. And then it was like, okay, okay. Can, can I interview you on my podcast? Because my listeners are going to want to know everything that I'm experiencing. And when you hear a story, that's why we're here today. Because Audrey and I said, you know, we've got a report from when you're in Ghana. Because this is an experience that everybody doesn't get to have. So Most, most people don't get to have, including, including me and, you know, the... 20 some odd years that you've been going to the continent of Africa, various countries, I've never been. And the closest I will ever get, and I can say this, will be through your experiences. And what I learned from the very first time you went, remember I was telling you in my, all of my full ignorance, when yes. you first, the first time you said, you were going to South Africa. Yeah. I still thought that Africa was just Africa. Africa, right? What place? I, I will I will own that with everything that I am. And I said in all of my full ignorance, watch out for those monkeys and tigers. Because you, you, you know those lions killed. I know you did. Remember? I know you did. And girl, remember when we fast forwarded a few years later and I was out of the way and the uh, baboons was walking across and I sent the, uh, the, the video with the baboon. I was like, girl, but you know we live in. We live in. Don't worry about them baboons. Well, I <laughs> do. worried about you. I do, I do. What uh, I just really appreciate having these types of enlightening conversations and and explorations 
because it all, every time you go, you bring back the lesson and to whatever country you go to, you bring back a lesson and, and you show the receipts that look people, Africa, again, is made up a lot of, of a lot of countries and look at these countries. And United States of America, we we are not. We are not all that. We are not. So get schooled. So let's get schooled today. What we gonna get? Let's get schooled today because my quality of life uh, escalated. You know, y'all saw them beautiful pools I was in and swimming, and they was like, "Girls, black girls swim for real." I was like, yeah, look, let me swim in this pool. So you see how I'm doing, right? And so uh, we, we've got the owner of the resort. I'm so happy that it's a Black-owned business, sister. It's what did you just say? Business. I said, I'm happy. You want me to say it for the people in the back that didn't hear? It was it's a Black-owned business. Thank you. Thank okay, you. thank you. And so did you I'm say- called, We call him Baba B, huh? Did you say just again for the people in the back that didn't hear? Did you say the owner? Of yes, of, uh, of the resort. Yes, I did. The owner of the resort, the owner, yes, is a black man. Yes, is that what you're saying to me? Yes, okay. I just wanted to be clear on that so everybody is clear. Go ahead. Okay, and, and just let me repeat the name of the business one more time. Elmina Bay Resort. Okay? okay? You ready? Ready. Okay, now I'm going to say Baba Ben, because Baba is in honor of, like, wisdom, father. Like, that is the relationship that I connected in my heart and spirit. So Baba Ben is going to say about himself when we get into it. But this the 253 audience, you got to know who you in the presence of. So take a moment and know that this broadcast is coming to you from West Africa, the country of Ghana. And Baba is in Elmina. Uh, Elmina. He'll tell you more about it. And I'm coming to you from Accra. So, like, open your Google Maps and figure it out. But this is technology in its everything. So this recording right now is authentic. Sister, you raised your hand before we go into it. I did. Can you give us a, um, a 253 kind of layout where Elmina would be? Oh, yeah, 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 girl. Okay. Like a comparison? Yeah. yeah, okay. We in Pierce County, we in Tacoma, and Baba is in Renton. Oh, okay. And, and no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, that was the other discussion we was having. Baba is in Yakima. Okay, okay. Baba Ben is in Yakima, okay? Like three hours up somewhere, you know, we got to go through some situations and everything. 
Baba's in Yakima. And then when you get there, you happy because you didn't escape the hustle and bustle of the city. That's a good. That's what, what Baba is. We have a visual to relate to from where our, our listeners. listeners are. Yeah. This so we can get that relationship. Okay, got it. Awesome. Hello. How are you? I'm good, Melanie. I'm very, very good. Audrey to uh, Doug. I said hi to Doug already and to ba Barbara, who sat behind you there. Good evening to you all. Great to see you again. Oh, my goodness. And so, okay, so I, I really don't have justice for your resume. But the reason that I'm feeling that our listeners will be excited to know your story is that you are Ghanaian born and then it was something that led you to move to the UK. And then there was a lot of development in your life. And then you decided in your uh, elder season that you wanted to come back. And you are like seriously trained and experts in a lot of things. And so I would love for you to please share in your own words who you are to our listeners and what you want them to know. Melanie, thank you so much. And uh, I feel both humbled and privileged to have the chance to see and speak with you and uh, to your listeners too. I'm grateful that uh, they think uh, anything I might have to say will be worth their time and attention, but I hope that will be the outcome. I think that uh, there are a lot of us who go through our life uh, really not realizing how lucky, how really very, very lucky we have been. And I think I'm one of those. Um, I always remember all the many things that I have to complain about, but it's only at rare occasions that I stop and uh, you know count up the many blessings that I've had and the many opportunities that I've had to learn, grow, and experience things that... Uh, make me feel at times as if I've lived 10 lives already. And you've already mentioned one of them. I was born in uh, uh, Takaradi, uh, which is about 80 kilometers. I'm not sure how that relates to Tacoma or any of the other places that uh, you were mentioning to Audrey. So Audrey, sorry, I can't locate it in relation to where you are. <laughs> but okay. uh, 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 Takaradi is about 80 kilometers from Elmina. Elmina is about 180 uh, kilometers from Accra. So I was born in uh, Takaradi and uh, at quite an early age in my uh, early teens, I found myself as a result of the political situation being moved by my parents to the UK. And it was in the UK that uh, I spent many of my formative years, uh, schooling, university, and uh, some really very, very enriching work experiences. You can imagine being a, uh, an African, a black man in uh, the UK in the late 60s and 70s. And you can imagine all of the, uh, the different ways that black people were described and the really very horrible and painful experiences that you could have expected. I enjoyed all of those. And uh, I was able to use all of those uh, unhappy experiences to develop a side of my character, which I think is problematic to me. And that side of my character is that I always want to achieve far more than uh, I guess 
is at times uh, reasonable, but I don't know what reasonable is anyway. So I'll wait for somebody else to, to define that for me one day. So I achieved a lot. Um, I achieved quite well in my schooling. And when it came to the job arena, there were many firsts that I was able to chalk up. So most of the companies that I joined, I was very often the first black man to be in a manager position, the first black man to be in a senior manager position, the first black man in many of the companies that I worked with to be in the boardroom as a director. And I think that creates both a sense of, uh, of determination in you because you realize that you're not there because you are loved or liked, but because there's something that you can uh, deliver. And so that commitment to performing and delivering was always in me. And inevitably, what that does is that it spurs you on and enables you to keep moving forward. I had the chance to work in uh, Europe, uh, had the chance to work uh, in the US, uh, came to the US as part of a transition team. Um, I also did some school in the US on the, on the East Coast. And uh, I um, held some very senior positions as a board director, executive board director in um, listed companies, listed companies in the UK right up into my 50s. But I think during the, uh, during the time that I was, let's say, enjoying that progress, I was also visiting Ghana uh, from about the, 19, the late 70s, 1979. I was visiting Ghana quite regularly. And I felt quite a discomfort. I, the place that I used to aim for was uh, Cape Coast, which is where my mother comes from. And you know that as an Akan, you are always from wherever your mother comes from. So even though I was born in Takaradi, I have to tell you that I'm from Cape Coast because that's where my mother comes from. So Cape Coast was the place that I used to come to. And I always sensed and felt some discomfort at the huge disparity between the environment that I lived and enjoyed in the UK and Europe and the environment that I saw in Ghana. And I guess it was my stomach that told me that there was something that needed to be satisfied. And that was the, the, the need to one day try and do something to help the progress of the place that I came from. Ghana. And so it was in 2007 that, that that feeling reached fruition when I finally decided that this is the year I've got to make the move. The previous year, 2006, my father and mother both died. They'd been together for 57 very long years. And it was almost like uh, um, a, 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 a fulfillment in me of, right, my father did everything he could, my mother did everything that she could, so it's now my time. What am I going to do? And so the fulfillment was that I packed my family, uh, my youngest daughter, a uh, 40-foot container of our belongings, put our home in the UK on the market, and came to Ghana. Prior to that, I bought a plot of land. It's quite a large plot. It's eight acres, the place that Melody now refers to as Elmina Bay Resort. Uh, 
and um, I came back and started. We started work on uh, a very serious project, building a two-kilometer road, bringing electricity a whole mile and a half, bringing water another mile and a half, clearing that eight-acre plot, and then starting de development work until after about two years, we reached the stage that enabled us to start operating Elmina Bay Resort. So do you think, Baba Ben, or I should say, what do you, I'm gonna ask you, what do you think about this? Your, your, and your story is remarkable, your journey is remarkable. And I was honed in on when you were talking about always being the first, the first, the first. Are there any more firsts left in you? I'm, I'm sure there are, but uh, you don't know until afterwards when you score the first. When I had those first first, I didn't know that mm -hmm. they were first until afterwards. I didn't know that I was one of the first black men to become a board director of a listed company in the UK until afterwards when somebody said to me, do you know that? But actually, does it really matter? Does it really matter whether you're the first or you're the second or you're the third? All you know is that you have a journey, I have a journey, and it's my task to fulfill that journey to the best of my ability and to use that journey to enhance and enrich and create opportunities that others can also enjoy and benefit from. So for me, that's all that matters. And it goes as far as this idea of owner, being the owner of Elmina Bay. I think even why, whilst uh, Melanie and Barbara and their sister Shakona Haley were here, I think I, I felt uncomfortable with the constant reference to Baba Ben, Ben Iden as the owner of Elmina Bay, because when you put up something which is as substantial and maybe as beautiful in some eyes, you just don't feel that you're the owner anymore. It's, it's in some ways outgrown you. And all you know is that at some day, somebody else will be the owner. So for the time being, all you can claim is custodianship. And custodianship oh. brings, brings some very serious challenges and some very serious sacrifices with it. Because that's when you also have to achieve a first, which is to make sure that you're maintaining it and uh, uh, enabling it to develop to the best of your ability. So, okay, I, I, I love this conversation right now because we're breaking through some barriers because we're saying to ourselves, oh, we're, we're, we're honoring him as Baba, you know, because he has done the breakthrough. And because on our side of things, you know, when we're, when we're traveling to the continent, I was so excited to know that you owned the property. You know, when when that became clear to me, I would call an Audrey like, oh my God, no, oh, Audrey, oh my God. And the bonus is, you know, the bonus is because through all my travels through the continent, I don't get to report on the bonus of the economic impact being with a black owned company. And, mm -hmm. and for those of us that, I mean, for our listeners, um, Ben, 
they know that's me at home. I mean, in our, when you see channel 253 right here, that's all I preach, you know, in terms of spending your money and revenue with black owned businesses, you've got to do that. And so to, you know, to understand right now that that, that made you uncomfortable is a humbling moment for me. And, you know, I just want you to know that it, it's just all honor and respect for us to just be proud of you. You know what I'm saying? Just to be, that's all that it is. It was just to be proud of you. And we just picked up on what we understood would be an honoring, you know? So that's it, that's it, that's all. Oh, and here's, here's what, um, here's, here's what I just heard and, and the lesson that I just got is the filters. We all have different filters. And so I'm going to loop this back to what I said earlier in the show at the beginning. You're happy because you're in Ghana. And I'm like, because mm, I'm in the United States. And guess what? Two different experiences. Two different experiences. And what I just made a connection to in our mindsets being in the United States, even in, we'll drill down to the 253. We have that mindset that it is so important to lift up and raise up our Black-owned businesses because anything that has to do with Black has to be lifted and raised. That's our mindset. And so to hear that that is, that's just our mindset from our lens here. And it's not like that everywhere. It's not like that everywhere. So let's get it. In this moment, get it. Yep. Yep. I get it. I get it. And I'm going to have a moment of silence for receiving it. Receive. I receive it. So, uh, Baba Ben, when so you've you've traveled. Yeah, we gotta check and make sure if that's even an okay term to call him. Oh, should we be calling you Baba Ben? Well, I, I I've I've been called that during the time that uh, Melanie and uh, Barbara and Shakona were here, and uh, it was a term that I received of of love and endearment and respect. And I appreciated it very, very much. What is your preference? My preference is for whatever, whatever they decide to call me. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to call you King. Um, and that's a term of endearment here in the United States. Um, highest term, if you will. I want to ask you if... During your travels, far and wide, and you said you had spent some time in the United States as well. What in the UK, and what did you see as some of the biggest differences in your experiences as a black male in these different countries that you've been to? Have did you notice any stark differences? In any of them, in your experiences? 
Um, I guess the, there are maybe three difference, three differences that uh, come to mind. Um, and I'm thinking of my experience of the UK, where I spent significant amount of time, and the UK is obviously England, Scotland. You see, even the UK is not one country. The UK is four countries, mm-hmm. England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. So uh, if you look, if my experience in those four territories, my experience in Europe as a black man, and my experience in the US as a black man. I think the differences that I would say is that in the UK, I saw the progression from black as a uh, a race and an identity which was unwelcome, undesirable, unacceptable during the years of uh, the late 60s, the 70s, the early 80s, with all of the challenges and atrocities that are recorded in the histories, police brutality, uh, the challenges in the employment arena for black people, to a situation in that where there was quite a significant change. And I don't know whether I should call it more tolerance, but it almost seemed like people grew up. It seemed like the population at large grew up and they grew up as a result of, uh, um, was it self-education or was it a realization that the world is not just uh, one indigenous group in a area that you might call the UK. So people's attitudes changed and became far more inviting and much more welcoming and much more tolerant. I saw that transition over a period of about 30, 40 years. For Europe, what I saw was uh, um, almost a a refusal to make that change. So if you look at France, uh, where the the North African uh, contingent, the Tunisians, the Algerians, now form quite a significant part of the uh, non-white populations, the way in which they've tried to accommodate them is by creating almost ghettos. Mm. Uh So Uh if you go to Paris, it's not difficult to identify those ghettos. You don't see that in the UK to the same extent. It's very rare to see any area that you could identify as a ghetto, but it's not difficult to go to Germany or to go to France and clearly identify ghetto areas. And then if I look at the the US, uh, the US, I, I always felt whether I was on the East Coast or the West Coast that black people haven't really, black people who should really own and be part of amongst the owners of the US are not integrated to the extent that they should be. They almost seem to live a very, very separate life and identity. I'm not sure the extent to which they themselves add to it by almost extracting themselves, particularly males, and not engaging so much. I'm not saying that this is the case with all, but I just had that very powerful sense 
wherever I was, that it's almost like the two racial groupings have declared uh, have declared uh, their own separate identity and separate space, and they're inhabiting them and trying to avoid each other as much as possible. And I, I uh, that made me feel uncomfortable for them because it doesn't seem like the way that uh, things should be. Black people should feel like their owners of the U.S. After all, they've played a very big part in creating it and making it what That's it is right. today. That's so right. So, Barbara, let me, let, me, let me dig a little deeper because some will be, say, spilling the tea or some might say I'm getting a little messy. But um, many people that uh, dig into my interest about traveling to Africa, they're like, how do they treat you over there? Because there is a misunderstanding that Africans, Native Africans and African-Americans got some kind of beef. And so I'm just really wondering in your travels, your well-traveled, you know, being of Ghanaian born and then traveling to the U.S. and living in the U.K., do, why do Black people think we got beef and do we have beef? Because I ain't got no beef with you. I just want to do some business, you know. <laughs> so talk to us about that part. Well, uh, I'm, I'm surprised to hear you say and suggest that anybody imagines that black people, and I think that I would uh, take a risk here and say for black people, I mean all the people in the 54, 55 territories that form and nations that form Africa. I would be very surprised if any of those groups, whether they're Tanzanians, Kenyans, uh, Zimbabweans or Ghanaians, have a beef with African-Americans. I would agree that they probably don't understand them well enough and know who they are as well as they should. I don't think we know each other as well as we should. I don't think there's enough time and energy which has been spent on educating ourselves and educating our children and our communities on who African-Americans really are and the extent to which they really are part of us. Stop, stop, hard stop. Just hard stop, please. I'm gonna take a break, a station break, and we're gonna come back to that conversation. Just let me make a stop and do that. Hello, friends. This is Marguerite Martin, creator of MoveToTacoma.com and co-founder of Channel 253. It's bad out there, folks. Home prices in Pierce County are up 15% year over year. While it's no secret that the market is hot, you may not know that Tacoma has been the hottest housing market in the country for several years. There is an extreme shortage of homes for buyers to buy. Having a local Tacoma buyer's agent that specializes in the neighborhood and price range you're after can mean the difference between losing or winning the bid on your dream home. If you're looking to sell your current home and find something that meets your needs better, having a neighborhood expert handle your listing will impact how much money you net off of your sale. The right agent to market and sell a home on the West Slope might not be the same person who has the expertise and connections to find you an income generating duplex somewhere else. All agents have specialties, and I know the players for every niche. 
Best of all, it doesn't cost you anything. Great local agents are happy to pay me a finder's fee if you end up buying or selling. And you can rest easy knowing you're going to get a great agent who specializes in exactly what you're looking for. If you want to learn more, visit MoveToTacoma.com and use the contact form. Thanks for listening to Channel 253. Welcome back, listeners. We're talking to Baba Ben, and uh, he's just getting into this whole beef thing that that has been going on that we understand, Sister Right. I mean, like Africans and African Americans, and yes. what, what what do you remember? I remember in the late seventies, uh, entering college. And we had, uh, it was the first time that I had really been around any type, any international student, if you will, let alone any, anyone from Africa, which of course at the time I didn't know was a continent and full of countries. But anyway, there was distinct, expressed disdain, disdain. Expressed disdain, that's right expressed disdain by uh, between the African students, African people, you know, like Missy was from Liberia and, you know, people were from different countries, but there was a clear distinction that between Africans and African-Americans, and there was clear disdain from the African students towards the African-American students. And I never understood it. I never understood it. And throughout um, throughout time, even growing up after that and, and out of college, there's been that underlying thought, if you will. And I, I never understood it. So I, and I never thought it was a thing because I always treat it one person at a time. I don't care where you're from, what you look That's like. Right. That's why so it's just interesting to hear another perspective at the root to see if there is anything to that or not. Yeah, and, and for me, 27 times to the continent, people consistently, why you go there? How do they treat you? The first question is, how do they treat you? How do they treat African-Americans? How do they see us? Okay, so that's why we're just trying to say, Baba, that this is an important conversation that you're sharing some insight with us. So, you know, carry on. <laughs> I think uh, what I was saying earlier was that there probably hasn't been enough education on both sides about who we really are and how we connect going way back 300, 400 or more years. And I think that it may be that that lack of education makes people sometimes a bit reluctant, reticent, uncertain about who they're meeting when they meet, particularly in the US. But I would have thought that if someone, an African American, a Black American, comes to Ghana or any African country, what, what, what I would say is that uh, they would meet a really warm welcome, and there would also be a lot of interest in learning about them. And I, I would be interested to see if anything that uh, Melanie or Barbara or uh, uh, any of their sisters have experienced is much different from that. Because from my perspective, standing here 
as a Ghanaian and being part of the Ghanaian community, what I hear around me from other Ghanaians is quite a lot of interest and a desire to make visitors, particularly African-Americans, very, very welcome in what was once their home. What I also believe is that there isn't enough education about the whole history of the past and that too many whether it's Ghanaians or any other African, uh, black African nationalities are probably not as enlightened as we need to be about what went on during those long years of the triangular trade, the slave trade. And so what, I mean, what do you actually know? Is it, is it something that is taught in your school curriculum? I mean, because the you know the tourism for the Elmina Castle is high, so that's that's what brought us to your resort. So, what do you what do the Ghanaians actually know about our plight? Well, um, they know they know they they know at a very superficial level that there was a trade, and then that trade led to the movement of so many people from these shores somewhere else. But as to the details of why it happened, who was involved, how these people who were removed from their homes and their families were used, I, I think that that understanding and that appreciation is very, very scant and very skimpy. And as to what they actually went through and how long, for how long they went through what they went through, again, the understanding is very, very low very very limited very i think limited. if it was if it was higher you would see it in the reaction of whether it's Ghanaians or liberians or any other group that you met but that understanding is is low yes okay and sister don't you think that that is like a let's put it in the quotes issue i mean because we're thinking africa i mean you know the thing that we're taught in our curriculum and and then how we're thinking that they should think, and then we're getting over here and figuring out they don't even know about what the hell happened to us, right? Yes, yes. I, um, as I was listening, I had I had the revelation about um, the root of it is is education. We it's don't education. We don't, we don't, un, education and understanding and enlightenment, but at, at the core of it is, I have never heard, and, and I, I've never heard you say anything other than positive experiences that you've had everywhere. When I'm on the continent, right? Everywhere, every time you're on the continent. So, every time. So then that makes me think, Hmm. If every time you go on the continent, it is welcoming. Everyone is welcoming, no matter where you go, and and curious and interested. Maybe, maybe it is of our mindset here indoctrinated in the African-American experience that can be more enlightened. 
Yeah, because it's all about the continued colonization. You know, don't get me started on that. You're right. But okay, so Ben, we, we just got a few minutes that we're going on to. I want to talk business. All right. So I, sister, mm-hmm. you saw my pictures on the beach and in the pool and at my place. You saw that, right? I did. I did. And and may I say, I have been seeing your pictures and your videos and your um, gifts that you bring back for 20 something odd years. And I must say that for some reason, and maybe this is the perfect storm, the intersection of my maturity and my desire, because I am going to go to Ghana. You're coming to Ghana, girl. Are you okay. are you making a proclamation? I'm making a proclamation that, Listeners. that I am going to Ghana because yes. something about which the video you shared with me this time that made that moved me to say, you know what? You know what? This is real. This is real. This is real. This is beautiful. And I want to be on that soil. Baba Ben, that was your property. Thank you. You hear Audrey Louise talking? Thank thank you. But, you know, when I heard Audrey speaking at first and saying that she might never get a chance to visit Africa, I was a little shocked and surprised because I can't understand why anybody uh, from the African-American group would not want to make Africa a destination. And it's not so much about whether they come to enjoy or to, uh, uh, to, to holiday, but it's almost like if they want to understand themselves, they must come and see Africa. They must come and see some part of Africa. And if you're going to come and see Africa, why not start with Ghana? So they must come and see Africa because it will enable them to understand themselves. It would be a bit like me trying to achieve the fulfillment that came out of my long years of working in Europe and the UK by remaining there into my later years. I could only achieve that fulfillment by coming back and doing what I've done here. And I think that the same is true for every African-American in terms of trying to understand themselves and their heritage. Well, let's talk about, I I just need to say for the 253 listeners that are on our channel, most of them are not African-American. And so what we want to say to them is that um, this journey to, you know, to any country on the continent, but like coming to Ghana, you know, and coming to the Elmina castles and coming to you specifically, I mean, it's going to give them an opportunity to really explore and get some truth, right? Don't you understand? Like the truth of what really happened, Baba, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's something um, that as there are many African-Americans who don't even think about going to Africa because it, including me, because it is so far removed 
it has been for so long, so far removed from the reality of our breath. With that said, it is that point exactly as to why we need to go. And yeah, it's, it's, it's taken this moment to say, yeah, it may, I'm 62 years old. It is not, I know what's up in America and I know what I've heard about our journey from afar, but God dog it, if I have an opportunity to put myself there on that soil, then I should do it. Do your, get your, your first hand. That's my circle. completeness. That's the completeness. Full circle. Yeah. Full circle, love. And I'm so excited that you made that proclamation because Baba Shia has been trying to go for a long time. Can we please tell our listeners uh, your information? What is your uh, email contact information as you want them to know it now? Melanie, that's great. Thank you. Elmina Bay Resort. We have a website. So if you just Google Elmina Bay Resort, you'll see that come up and there'll be pictures of the property. And our email and everything else is also on that website. So for shorthand, Elmina Bay Resort at gmail.com. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for this time. Sister, thank you for allowing me to bring Baba Ben forward. And um, I appreciate you because I'm in here living my best life in Accra, Ghana, West Africa right now. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to be in the presence of such greatness. And thank you for the enlightenment, Baba Ben King, also known as King to me in my heart. And this has been a wonderful conversation. And I know that anybody who listens to it, regardless of where they are, and especially in the 253, uh, we way up here on the West Coast, way at the top, and we, we are just had a conversation a continent apart. So peace and blessings. Anything else? Yes. Say you. Drop the mic. All right. Boom. Boom. Thank you for listening to What Say You. If you have conversation ideas or want to follow up on what you heard, please contact Melanie by email at melanie at missmelanie.com. M-E-L-A-N-N-I-E at M-I-S-S-M-E-L-A-N-N-I-E dot com. Channel 253 is supported by Microsoft. Microsoft is committed to civic conversations like those on Channel 253 that inform and empower Washington communities. To learn more, visit aka.ms slash Microsoft in Washington. The What Say You podcast is part of the Channel 253 network. Check out our other shows, Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, Citizen Tacoma, Crossing Division, Flounder's B-Team, and We Art Tacoma. This is Channel 253.